This episode is brought to you by bunnieslippers.com. Go to bunnieslippers.com in the show notes and learn how you can buy an awesome, awesome pair of those Highland cow slippers. They're so shaggy and they keep my feet warm in this breezy studio. You know what else is cool? Founditemclothing.com. Cool, cool, cool retro-looking t-shirts based off of designs found in your favorite cult films. I still always wear my Bad News Bears Chico uh, Bail Bonds t-shirt. The orange sleeves are super cool. Kind of a yellowy orange. They're cool. I like them a lot. I got a couple of them, and I wear them all the time when I'm doing stuff. They used to be my formal shirts, and uh, now they've turned into my woodworking shirts. But I wear them all the time still. And so can you at founditemclothing.com. Bunnieslippers.com, too, if you're always going for that uh, real genius, cool guy uh, look that uh, What's-His-Face did. Real genius. That's a, that's a fun movie. I can't, I can't remember if it holds up still or if it has problematic scenes. All right. Anyway, uh, something that probably may have some problematic parts in it. Ambrose Bierce's Devil's Dictionary. It was written in the late 19th century, so... I don't think he was a creep in some ways, but there's other ways that, I don't know, time just kind of moves on, and that's kind of just like... So, I'm not an Ambrose Bierce apologist. If he says something that upsets you, you know what? It probably upsets me, too. Uh, so, yeah, hey, here's some Ambrose Spears Devil's Dictionary. Him poking fun at everything. I don't know who I'm going to have as a guest on this month, but I probably will try and uh, try and dig some people up for this one. So, hopefully, but I don't know. Halfway through the month, towards the end of the month, there'll be some cool special episodes. And I don't know who else I can have. I mean, I can always bug Ken Hyde about it, and I can always, uh, I don't know, beg David Heath to help me out again, and I don't know, maybe uh, put a bunch of stuff up on Twitter and get the Ambrose Beers group uh, going on. Check out the Ambrose Beers group on Facebook. There's several Ambrose Beers groups. I recommend them all. <laughs> and what else? Oh, Don Swaim's uh, Death of Ambrose Beers. Really good book. Check that out. I'm always going to doubt that one. That is a fun one. Uh, I'm trying to remember if anyone's done any uh, Ambrose Spears RPGs that I know personally, uh, or any uh, troubadours who've uh, sung any songs. I don't think of any. Write me. Let me know. Go to pgttcm.com. Go to the comment section. Let us know what's going on. And, uh, hey, why don't you check us out on Facebook and on Instagram. We're Black Clock Audio Tales. And, hey, wherever you're listening to us, give us a a thumbs up, subscribe, uh, let other people know that you like us, and enjoy the show. The Devil's Dictionary by Ambrose Bierce, Section 11, Letter M. Mace, noun, a staff of office signifying authority. Its form, that of a heavy club, indicates its original purpose and use in dissuading from dissent. Machination, noun, the method employed by one's opponents in baffling one's open and honorable efforts to do the right thing. So plain the advantages of machination, it constitutes a moral obligation, and honest wolves who think upon it with loathing feel bond to don the sheep's deceptive clothing. So prosper still the diplomatic art, and Satan bows with hand upon its heart. 
attributed to RSK. Macrobian, noun. One forgotten of the gods and living to a great age. History is abundantly supplied with examples from Methuselah to Old Parr, but some notable instances of longevity are less well known. A Calabrian peasant named Coloni, born in 1753, lived so long that he had what he considered a glimpse of the dawn of universal peace. Scandinavius relates that he knew an archbishop who was so old that he could remember a time when he did not deserve hanging. In 1566, a linen draper of Bristol, England, declared that he had lived 500 years, and that in all that time he had never told a lie. There are instances of longevity, macrobiosis, in our own country. Senator Chauncey Depew is old enough to know better. The editor of The American, a newspaper in New York City, has a memory that goes back to the time when he was a rascal, but not to the fact. The President of the United States was born so long ago that many of the friends of his youth have risen to high political and military preferment without the assistance of personal merit. The verses following were written by a Macrobian. When I was young the world was fair and amiable and sunny. A brightness was in all the air, in all the waters honey. The jokes were fine and funny, the statesmen honest in their views and in their lives as well, and when you heard a bit of news, t'was true enough to tell, men were not ranting, shouting, reeking, nor women, generally speaking. The summer then was long indeed, it lasted one whole season. The sparkling winter gave no heed, when ordered by unreason. To bring the early peas on, now where the dickens is the sense in calling that a year, which does no more than just commence before the end is near. When I was young, the year extended from month to month until it ended. I know not why the world has changed to something dark and dreary, and everything is now arranged to make a fellow weary. The weatherman, I fear he has too much to do with it for sure. The air is not the same, it chokes you when it is impure. When pure it makes you lame. With windows closed you are asthmatic, open, neurologic, or sciatic. Well, I suppose this new regime of done degeneration seems eviler than it would seem to a better observation, and has for compensation some blessings in a deep disguise, which mortal sight has failed to pierce, although to angels' eyes they're visibly unveiled. If age is such a boon, good land, he's costumed by a master hand. By Venerable Strig. Mad. Adjective affected with a high degree of intellectual independence, not conforming to standards of thought, speech, and action derived by the conformance from study of themselves, at odds with the majority, in short, unusual. It is noteworthy that persons are pronounced mad by officials destitute of evidence that they themselves are sane. For illustration, this present and illustrious lexographer is no firmer in the faith of his own sanity than is any inmate of any madhouse in the land. 
Yet for aught he knows to the contrary, instead of the lofty occupation that seems to him to be engaging his powers, he may really be beating his hands against the window bars of an asylum and declaring himself Noel Webster to the innocent delight of many thoughtless spectators. Magdalene, Nound, an inhabitant of Magdala, popularly a woman found out. This definition of the word has the authority of ignorance, Mary of Magdala being another person than the penitent woman mentioned by St. Luke. It has also the official sanction of the governments of Great Britain and the United States. In England the word is pronounced maudlin, whence maudlin, adjective, unpleasantly sentimental. With their maudlin for Magdalene and their bedlam for Bethlehem, the English may justly boast themselves the greatest of revisers. Magic. Noun. An art of converting superstition into coin. There are other arts serving the same high purpose, but the discreet lexicographer does not name them. Magnet. Noun. Something acted upon by magnetism. Magnetism. Noun. Something acting upon a magnet. The two definitions immediately foregoing are condensed from the works of 1,000 eminent scientists who have illuminated the subject with a great white light to the inexpressible advancement of human knowledge. Magnificent. Adjective. Having a grandeur or splendor superior to that which the spectator is accustomed, as the ears of an ass to a rabbit, or the glory of a glowworm to a maggot. Magnitude. Noun. Size. Magnitude being purely relative, nothing is large and nothing is small. If everything in the universe were increased in bulk 1,000 diameters, nothing would be any larger than it was before. But if one thing remained unchanged, all the others would be larger than they had been. To an understanding familiar with the relativity of magnitude and distance, the spaces and masses of the astronomer would be no more impressive than those of the microscopist. For anything we know to the contrary, the visible universe may be a small part of an atom with its component ions floating in the life fluid, luminiferous ether of some animal. Possibly the wee creatures peopling the corpuscles of our blood are overcome with the proper emotion when contemplating the unthinkable distance from one of these to another. Magpie, noun. A bird whose thievish disposition suggested to someone that it might be taught to talk. Maiden, noun. A young person of the unfair sex addicted to clueless conduct and views that madden to crime. The genus has a wide geographical distribution, being found wherever sought and deplored whenever found. The maiden is not altogether unpleasing to the eye, nor, without her piano and her views, insupportable to the ear, though in respect to comeliness distinctly inferior to the rainbow, and with regard to the part of her that is audible, beaten out of the field by the canary, which also is more portable. A lovelorn maiden, she sat and sang. This quaint sweet song sang she. It's oh for a youth with a football bang, and a muscle fair to see. The captain he of a team to be, on a gridiron he shall shine. A monarch by right divine, and never to roast on it me. By Opaline Jones.
Majesty, noun, the state and title of a king, regarded with a just contempt by the most eminent grand masters, grand chancellors, great incajones, and imperial potentates of the ancient and honorable orders of Republican America. Male, noun, a member of the unconsidered or negligible sex. The male of the human race is commonly known to the female as mere man. The genus has two varieties, good providers and bad providers. Malefactor, noun, the chief factor in the progress of the human race. Malthusian, adjective, pertaining to Malthus and his doctrines. Malthus believed in artificially limiting population, but found that it could not be done by talking. One of the most practical exponents of the Malthusian idea was Herod of Judea, though all the famous soldiers have been of the same way of thinking. Mammalia, noun, plural, a family of vertebrate animals whose females in a state of nature suckle their young, but when civilized and enlightened put them out to nurse or use the bottle. Mammon, noun, the god of the world's leading religion. His chief temple is in the holy city of New York. He swore that all other religions were gammon, and wore out his knees in the worship of mammon. By Jared Oomph. Man, noun. An animal so lost in rapturous contemplation of what he thinks he is as to overlook what he indubitably ought to be. His chief occupation is extermination of other animals and his own species, which, however, multiplies with such insistent rapidity as to infest the whole habitable earth and Canada. When the world was young and man was new, when everything was pleasant, distinctions nature never drew. Amongst king and priest and peasant were not that way at present, save here in this republic where we have that old regime, for all we are kings, however bare, their backs, however extreme, their hunger, and indeed each has a voice to accept the tyrant of his party's choice. A citizen who would not vote, and therefore was detested, was one day with a terry coat, with feathers backed and breasted, by patriots invested. It is your duty, cried the crowd, your ballot true to cast for the man of your choice. He humbly bowed and explained his wicked past. That's what I verily gladly would have done, dear patriots, but he has never run. By Apperton Duke. Mains. Now. The immortal parts of dead Greeks and Romans. They were in a state of dull discomfort, until the bodies from which they had exhaled were buried and burned, and they seemed not to have been particularly happy afterward. Manichaeism. Noun. The ancient Persian doctrine of an incessant warfare between good and evil. When good gave up the fight, the Persians joined the victorious opposition. Manna. Noun. A food miraculously given to the Israelites in the wilderness. When it was no longer supplied to them, they settled down and tilled the soil, fertilizing it, as a rule, with the bodies of the original occupants. Marriage. Noun. The state or condition of a community consisting of a master, 
a mistress, and two slaves, making in all two. Martyr. Noun. One who moves along the line of least reluctance to a desired death. Material. Adjective. Having an actual existence as distinguished from an imaginary one. Important. Material things I know or feel or see. All else is immaterial to me. Attributed to Jamarak Holombom. Mausoleum. Noun. The final and funniest folly of the rich. Mayonnaise. Noun. One of the sauces which serve the French in place of a state religion. Me. Pronoun. The objectionable case of I. The personal pronoun in English has three cases. The dominative, the objectionable, and the oppressive. Each is all three. Meander. Noun. To proceed sinuously and aimlessly. The word is the ancient name of a river about 150 miles south of Troy, which turned and twisted in the effort to get out of hearing when the Greeks and Trojans boasted of their prowess. Metal. Noun. A small metal disc given as a reward for virtues, attainments, or services more or less authentic. It is related of Bismarck, who had been awarded a medal for gallantry, rescuing a drowning person, that being asked the meaning of the medal, he replied, I save lives sometimes. And sometimes he didn't. Medicine. Noun. A stone flung down the Bowery to kill a dog in Broadway. Meekness. Noun. Uncommon patience in planning a revenge that is worthwhile. M is for Moses, who slew the Egyptian. As sweet as a rose is the meekness of Moses. No monument shows his post-mortem inscription, but M is for Moses, who slew the Egyptian. From the biographical alphabet. Mersham. Noun. Literally, sea foam, and by many erroneously supposed to be made of it. A fine white clay, which for convenience in coloring it brown, is made into tobacco pipes and smoked by the workmen engaged in that industry. The purpose of coloring it has not been disclosed by the manufacturer. There was a youth, you've heard before this woeful tale may be, who bought a Mersham pipe and swore that color it would he. He shut himself from the world away, nor any soul he saw. He smoked by night, he smoked by day, as hard as he could draw. His dog died moaning in the wrath of winds that blew aloof. The winds were in the gravel path, the owl was on the roof. He's gone afar, he'll come no more, the neighbors sadly say, and so they batter in the door to take his goods away. Dead pipe in mouth the youngster lay, nut brown in face and limb. That pipe's a lovely white, they say, but it has colored him. The moral there's small need to sing, and tis plain as day to you. Don't play your game on anything that is a gamester, too. By Martin Bolstrode. Mendacious. Adjective. Addicted to rhetoric. Merchant. Noun. One engaged in a commercial pursuit. A commercial pursuit is one in which the thing pursued is a dollar. Mercy. Noun. An attribute beloved of detected offenders. 
mesmerism. Noun. Hypnotism, before it wore good clothes, kept a carriage and asked incredulity to dinner. Metropolis. Noun. A stronghold of provincialism. Millennium. Noun. The period of a thousand years when the lid is to be screwed down with all reformers on the underside. Mind. Noun. A mysterious form of matter secreted by the brain. Its chief activity consists in the endeavor to assert its own nature, the futility of the attempt being due to the fact that it has nothing but itself to know itself with. From the Latin mens, a fact unknown to that honest shoe-seller who, observing that his learned competitor over the way had displayed the motto mens concia recti, emblazoned his own shop front with the words mens, women's, and children's concia recti. Mine, adjective, belonging to me if I can hold or seize it. Minister, noun, an agent of a higher power with a lower responsibility. In diplomacy, an officer sent into a foreign country as the visible embodiment of his sovereign's hostility. His principal qualification is a degree of plausible and veracity next below that of an ambassador. Minor, adjective, less objectionable. Minstrel, adjective, formerly a poet, singer, magician, now a nigger with a color less than skin deep and a humor more than flesh and blood can bear. Miracle, noun, an act or event out of the order of nature and unaccountable as beating a normal hand of four kings and an ace with four aces and a king. Miscreant, noun, a person of the highest degree of unworth. Entomologically, the word means unbeliever, and its present signification may be regarded as theology's noblest contribution to the development of our language. Misdemeanor. Noun. An infraction of the law having a less dignity than a felony, and constituting no claim to admittance into the best criminal society. By misdemeanors he essayed to climb into the aristocracy of crime. Oh, woe was him with manner chill and grand. Captains of industry refused his hand. Kings of finance denied him recognition, and railway magnates jeered his low condition. He robbed a bank to make himself respected. They still rebuffed him, for he was detected. By S.V. Hanniper. Misericorde. Now. A dagger which in medieval warfare was used by the foot-soldier to remind an unhorsed knight that he was mortal. Misfortune, noun, the kind of fortune that never misses. Miss, noun, a title with which we brand unmarried women to indicate that they are in the market. Miss, Mrs., and Mr. are the three most distinctly disagreeable words in the language in sound and sense. Two are corruptions of mistress, the other of master. In the general abolition of social titles in this our country, they miraculously escape to plague us. If we must have them, let us be consistent and give one to the unmarried man. I venture to suggest mush, abbreviated to MH. Molecule. Noun. The ultimate indivisible unit of matter. It is distinguished from the corpuscle also the ultimate indivisible unit of matter, by a closer resemblance to the atom. 
also the ultimate indivisible unit of matter. Three great scientific theories of the structure of the universe are the molecular, the corpuscular, and the atomic. A fourth affirms, with Heichel, the condensation or precipitation of matter from ether, whose existence is proved by the condensation or precipitation. The present trend of scientific thought is toward the theory of ions. The ion differs from the molecule, the corpuscle, and the atom in that it is an ion. A fifth theory is held by idiots, but it is doubtful if they know any more about the matter than the others. Monad. Noun. The ultimate indivisible unit of matter. See molecule. According to Leibniz, as nearly as he seems willing to be understood, the monad has body without bulk and mind without manifestation. Leibniz knows him by the innate power of considering. He has founded upon him a theory of the universe, which the creature bears without resentment, for the monad is a gentleman. Small as he is, the monad contains all the powers and possibilities needful to his evolution into a German philosopher of the first class, altogether a very capable little fellow. He is not to be confounded with the microbe or bacillus. By its inability to discern him, a good microscope shows him to be of an entirely distinct species. Monarch. Noun. A person engaged in reigning. Formerly the monarch ruled, as the derivation of the word attests, and as many subjects have had occasion to learn. In Russia and the Orient, the monarch has still a considerable influence in public affairs and in the disposition of the human head. But in Western Europe, political administration is mostly entrusted to his ministers, he being somewhat preoccupied with reflections related to the status of his own head. Monarchical Government Noun government. Monday. Noun. In Christian countries, the day after the baseball game. Money. Noun. A blessing that is of no advantage to us, excepting when we part with it. An evidence of culture and a passport to polite society. Supportable property. Monkey. Noun. An arboreal animal which makes itself at home in genealogical trees. Monosyllabic, adjective, composed of words of one syllable. For literary babes who never tire of testifying their delight in the vapid compound by appropriate googling, the words are commonly Saxon, that is to say, words of a barbarous people destitute of ideas and incapable of any but the most elementary sentiments and emotions. The man who writes in Saxon is the man to use an axon. By Judebrus. Monsignor, noun, a high ecclesiastic title, of which the founder of our religion overlooked the advantages. Monument, noun, a structure intended to commemorate something which either needs no commemoration or cannot be commemorated. The bones of Agamemnon are a show, and ruined is his royal monument, but Agamemnon's fame suffers no diminution. In consequence, the monument custom has its reductions ad absurdum in monuments to the unknown dead, that is to say, monuments to perpetuate the memory of those who have left no memory. Moral. Adjective. Conforming to a local and mutable standard of right, having the quality of general expediency. 
It is said there be a range of mountains in the east, on one side of the which certain conducts are immoral, yet on the other side there are holden in good esteem, whereby the mountaineer is much conveyanced, for it is given to him to go down either way and act as it shall suit his mood without offence. From Gook's Meditations More Adjective the comparative degree of too much. Mouse, noun, an animal which strews its path with fainting women. As in Rome, Christians were thrown to the lions. So centuries earlier in Atambui, the most ancient and famous city of the world, female heretics were thrown to the mice. Chikatzap, the historian, the only autumn wump, whose writings have descended to us, says that these martyrs met their death with little dignity and much exertion. He even attempts to esculpate the mice, such as the malice of bigotry, by declaring that the unfortunate women perished, some from exhaustion, some of broken necks from falling over their own feet, and some from lack of restoratives. The mice, he avers, enjoyed the pleasures of the chase with composure. But if Roman history is nine-tenths lying, we can hardly expect a smaller proportion of that rhetorical figure in the annals of a people capable of so incredible cruelty to lovely woman, for a hard heart has a false tongue. Mousquetaire Noun. A long glove covering a part of the arm, worn in New Jersey. But mousquetaire is a mighty poor way to spell musketeer. Mouth Noun. In man, the gateway to the soul. In woman, the outlet of the heart. Mugwump. Noun. In politics, one afflicted with self-respect and addicted to the vice of independence. A term of contempt. Mulatto. Noun. A child of two races, ashamed of both. Multitude. Noun. A crowd, the source of political wisdom and virtue. In a republic, the object of the statesman's adoration. In a multitude of counselors there is wisdom, saith the proverb. If many men of equal individual wisdom are wiser than any one of them, it must be that they acquire the excess of wisdom by the mere act of getting together. Whence comes it? Obviously, from nowhere, as well say that a range of mountains is higher than the single mountain composing it. A multitude is as wise as its wisest member if it obey him. If not, it is no wiser than its most foolish. Mummy, noun, an ancient Egyptian formerly in universal use among modern civilized nations as medicine, and now engaged in supplying art with an excellent pigment. He is handy, too, in museums in gratifying the vulgar curiosity that serves to distinguish man from the lower animals. By means of the mummy, mankind, it is said, attest to the gods its respect for the dead. We plunder his tomb, be he sinner or saint, distill him for psychic and grind him for paint. Exhibit for money his poor shrunken frame, and with levity flock to the scent of the shame. O oh, tell me, ye gods, for the use of my rhyme, for respecting the dead, what's the limit of time? By Scopus Brune. Mustang, noun. An indocile horse of the Western Plains. In English society, the American wife of an English nobleman. Myrmidon, noun, a follower of Achilles, particularly when he didn't lead. Mythology, noun, the body of a primitive people's beliefs concerning its origin, 
early history, heroes, deities, and so forth, as distinguished from the true accounts which it invents later. End of letter M in the Devil's Dictionary. Recorded by Kevin Devine. The Devil's Dictionary by Ambrose Bierce The letters N and O The letter N Nectar, noun A drink served at banquets of the Olympian deities. The secret of its preparation is lost, but the modern Kentuckians believe that they come pretty near to a knowledge of its chief ingredient. Juno drank a cup of nectar, but the draught did not affect her. Juno drank a cup of rye, then she bade herself goodbye. By J. G. Negro, noun. The piece de resistance in the American political problem. Representing him by the letter N, the Republicans begin to build their equation thus. Let N equal the white man. This, however, appears to give an unsatisfactory solution. Neighbor, noun. One whom we are commanded to love as ourselves, and who does all he knows how to make us disobedient. Nepotism, noun. Appointing your grandmother to office for the good of the party. Newtonian, adjective. Pertaining to a philosophy of the universe invented by Newton, who discovered that an apple will fall to the ground, but was unable to say why. His successors and disciples have advanced so far as to be able to say when. Nihilist, noun. A Russian who denies the existence of anything but Tolstoy. The leader of the school is Tolstoy. Nirvana, noun. In the Buddhist religion, a state of pleasurable annihilation awarded to the wise, particularly to those wise enough to understand it. Nobleman, Noun. Nature's provision for wealthy American minds ambitious to incur social distinction and suffer high life. Noise. Noun. A stench in the ear. Undomesticated music. The chief product and authenticating sign of civilization. Nominate. Verb. To designate for the heaviest political assessment. To put forward a suitable person to incur the mud-gobbling and dead-catting of the opposition. Nominee, noun. A modest gentleman, shrinking from the distinction of private life, and diligently seeking the honourable obscurity of public office. Non-combatant. Noun. A dead Quaker. Nonsense. Noun. 
the objections that are urged against this excellent dictionary. Nose, noun, the extreme outpost of the face. From the circumstance that great conquerors have great noses, Gitius, whose writings antedate the age of humour, calls the nose the organ of quell. It has been observed that one's nose is never so happy as when thrust into the affairs of others, from which some physiologists have drawn the interference that the nose is devoid of the sense of smell. There's a man with a nose, and wherever he goes, the people run from him and shout, No cotton have we, for our ears if so be, he blows that interminous snout. So the lawyers applied for injunction. Denied, said the judge. The defendant prefixion, whate'er it portend, appears to transcend the bounds of this court's jurisdiction. By Arpad Sinjani Notoriety, noun the fame of one's competitor for public honours, the kind of renown most accessible and acceptable to mediocrity. A Jacob's ladder leading to the vaudeville stage, with angels ascending and descending. Numenon, noun, that which exists, as distinguished from that which merely seems to exist, the latter being a phenomenon. The noumenon is a bit difficult to locate. It can be apprehended only by a process of reasoning, which is a phenomenon. Nevertheless, the discovery and exposition of noumena offer a rich field for what Lewes calls the endless variety and excitement of philosophical thought. Hurrah, therefore, for the noumenon! Novel. Noun. A short story padded. A species of composition bearing the same relation to literature that the panorama bears to art. As it is too long to be read at a sitting, the impressions made by its successive parts are successively effaced, as in the panorama. Unity, totality of effect, is impossible, for besides the few pages last read, all that is carried in mind is the mere plot of what has gone before. To the romance, the novel is what photography is to painting. Its distinguishing principle, probability, corresponds to the literal actuality of the photograph and puts it distinctly into the category of reporting. Whereas the free wing of the romancer enables him to mount to such altitudes of imagination as he may be fitted to attain, and the first three essentials of the literary art are imagination, imagination, and imagination. The art of writing novels, such as it was, is long dead everywhere except in Russia, where it is new. Peace to its ashes, some of which have a large sale. November, noun. The eleventh twelfth of a weariness. The letter O. Oath. Noun. In law, a solemn appeal to the deity, 
made binding upon the conscience by a penalty for perjury. Oblivion. Noun. The state or condition in which the wicked cease from struggling and the dreary are at rest. Fame's eternal dumping ground. Cold storage for high hopes. A place where ambitious authors meet their works without pride and their betters without envy. A dormitory without an alarm clock. Observatory. Noun. A place where astronomers conjecture away the guesses of their predecessors. Obsessed. Past participle. Vexed by an evil spirit. Like the Gardarine swine and other critics. Obsession was once more common than it is now. Arastus tells of a peasant who was occupied by a different devil for every day in the week, and on Sundays by two. They were frequently seen always walking in his shadow when he had one, but were finally driven away by the village notary, a holy man. But they took the peasant with them, for he vanished utterly. A devil thrown out of a woman by the archbishop of Rheims ran through the trees, pursued by a hundred persons, until the open country was reached, where by a leap higher than a church spire he escaped into a bird. A chaplain in Cromwell's army exorcised a soldier's obsessing devil by throwing the soldier into the water when the devil came to the surface. The soldier, unfortunately, did not. Obsolete. Adjective. No longer used by the timid. Said chiefly of words. A word which some lexicographer has marked obsolete is ever thereafter an object of dread and loathing to the fool writer. But if it is a good word, and has no exact modern equivalent equally good, it is good enough for the good writer. Indeed, a writer's attitude toward obsolete words is as true a measure of his literary ability as anything except the character of his work. A dictionary of obsolete and obsolescent words would not only be singularly rich in strong and sweet parts of speech, it would add large possessions of the vocabulary of every competent writer who might not happen to be a competent reader. Obstinate. Adjective. Inaccessible to the truth, as it is manifest in the splendour and stress of our advocacy. The popular type and exponent of obstinacy is the mule, a most intelligent animal. Occasional. Adjective. Afflicting us with greater or less frequency. That, however, is not the sense in which the word is used in the phrase occasional verses, which are verses written for an occasion, such as an anniversary, a celebration, or other event. True, they afflict us a little worse than other sorts of verse, but their name has no reference to irregular recurrence. Occident, noun. The part of the world lying west or east of the Orient. It is largely inhabited by Christians, a powerful sub-tribe of the hypocrites, whose principal industries are murder and cheating, 
which they are pleased to call war and commerce. These also are the principal industry of the Orient. Ocean, noun. A body of water occupying about two-thirds of a world made for man, who has no gills. Offensive, adjective. Generating disagreeable emotions or sensations, as the advance of an army against its enemy. Were the enemy's tactics offensive? the king asked. I should say so, replied the unsuccessful general. The blackguard wouldn't come out of his works. Old, adjective. In that stage of usefulness which is not inconsistent with general inefficiency, as an old man. Discredited by lapse of time and offensive to the popular taste, as an old book. Old books? The devil take them, Gobi said. Fresh every day must be my books and bread. Nature herself approves the Gobi rule, and gives us every moment a fresh fool. By Harley Shum. Oleaginous, adjective. Oily, smooth, sleek. Disraeli once described the manner of Bishop Wilberforce as anxious, oleaginous, saponaceous, and the good prelate was ever afterwards known as Soapy Sam. For every man there is something in the vocabulary that would stick to him like a second skin. His enemies have only to find it. Olympian, adjective. Relating to a mountain in Thessaly, once inhabited by gods, now a repository of yellowing newspapers, beer bottles, and mutilated sardine cans, attesting the presence of the tourist and his appetite. His name the smirking tourist scrawls upon Minerva's temple walls, where thundered once Olympian Zeus, and marks his appetite's abuse by Avril Jupe. Omen, noun. A sign that something will happen if nothing happens. Once, adverb. Enough. Opera, noun. A play representing life in another world, whose inhabitants have no speech but song no motions but gestures, and no postures but attitudes. All acting is simulation, and the word simulation is from simia, an ape, but in opera the actor takes for his model simia audibilis, or Pithecanthropus stentor, the ape that howls. The actor apes a man, at least in shape, the opera performer apes an ape. Opiate, noun. An unlocked door in the prison of identity. It leads into the jail yard. Opportunity, noun. A favorable occasion for grasping a disappointment. Oppose, 
Verb. To assist with obstructions and objections. How lonely he who thinks to vex with bandinage the solemn sex. Of levity, mere man, beware, none but the grave deserve the unfair. By Percy P. Orminder. Opposition, noun. In politics, the party that prevents the government from running amuck by hamstringing it. The king of Gargaru, who had been abroad to study the science of government, appointed one hundred of his fattest subjects as members of a parliament to make laws for the collection of revenue. Forty of these he named the party of opposition, and had his prime minister carefully instruct them in their duty of opposing every royal measure. Nevertheless, the first one that was submitted passed unanimously. Greatly displeased, the king vetoed it, informing the opposition that if they did that again, they would pay for their obstinacy with their heads. The entire forty promptly disemboweled themselves. "'What shall we do now?' the king asked. "'Liberal institutions cannot be maintained without a party of opposition.' "'Splendour of the universe,' replied the Prime Minister. "'It is true these dogs of darkness have no longer their credentials, but all is not lost.' Leave the matter to this worm of the dust. So the minister had the bodies of his majesty's opposition embalmed and stuffed with straw, put back into the seats of power, and nailed there. Forty votes were recorded against every bill and the nation prospered. But one day a bill imposing a tax on warts was defeated. The members of the government party had not been nailed to their seats. This so enraged the king that the prime minister was put to death, the parliament was dissolved with a battery of artillery, and the government of the people, by the people, for the people, perished from Gargaru. Optimism. Noun. The doctrine, or belief, that everything is beautiful, including what is ugly, everything good, especially the bad and everything right that is wrong. It is held with greatest tenacity by those most accustomed to the mischance of falling into adversity, and is most acceptably expounded with a grin that apes a smile. Being a blind faith, it is inaccessible to the light of disproof, an intellectual disorder yielding to no treatment but death. It is hereditary, but fortunately not contagious. Optimist, noun. A proponent of the doctrine that black is white. A pessimist applied to God for relief. Ah, you wish me to restore your hope and cheerfulness, said God. No, replied the petitioner. I wish you to create something that would justify them. The world is all created said God. But you have overlooked something, the mortality of the optimist. Oratory. Noun. A conspiracy between speech and action to cheat the understanding. A tyranny tempered by stenography.
Orphan, noun. A living person whom death has deprived of the power of filial ingratitude. A privation appealing with a particular eloquence to all that is sympathetic in human nature. When young, the orphan is commonly sent to an asylum, where by careful cultivation of its rudimentary sense of locality, it is taught to know its place. It is then instructed in the arts of dependence and servitude, and eventually turned loose to prey upon the world as a boot-black or scullery-maid. Orthodox, noun, an ox wearing the popular religious joke. Orthography, noun, the science of spelling by the eye instead of the ear, advocated with more heat than light by the outmates of every asylum for the insane. They have had to concede a few things since the time of Chaucer, but are none the less hot in defence of those to be conceded hereafter. A spelling reformer indicted, for fudge was before the court cited. The judge said, Enough! His candle will snuff, and his sepulchre shall not be whited. Ostrich. Noun. A large bird to which, for its sins doubtless, nature has denied that hinder toe in which so many pious naturalists have seen a conspicuous evidence of design. The absence of a good working pair of wings is no defect, for, as has been ingeniously pointed out, the ostrich does not fly. Otherwise, adverb, no better. Outcome, noun, a particular type of disappointment, by the kind of intelligence that sees in an exception of proof of the rule, the wisdom of an act is judged by the outcome, the result. This is immortal nonsense. The wisdom of an act is to be judged by the light that the doer had when he performed it. Outdo. Transitive verb. To make an enemy. Out-of-doors, noun, the part of one's environment upon which no government has been able to collect taxes, chiefly useful to inspire poets. I climbed to the top of a mountain one day to see the sun setting in glory, and I thought, as I looked at his vanishing ray, of a splendidly splendid story. "'Twas about an old man and the ass he bestrode, "'till the strength of the beast was o'er-tested. "'Then the man would carry him miles on the road, "'till Neddy was pretty well rested. "'The moon rising solemnly over the crest "'of the hills to the east of my station "'displayed her broad disk to the darkening west "'like a visible new creation.' And I thought of a joke, and I laughed till I cried, Of an idle young woman who tarried, About a church door for a look at the bride, Though it was herself that was married. To poets all nature is pregnant with grand ideas, With thought and emotion. 
I pity the dunces who don't understand the speech of earth, heaven, and ocean. By Stromboli Smith Ovation, noun. In ancient Rome, a definite formal pageant in honour of one who had been disserviceable to the enemies of the nation. A lesser triumph. In modern English, the word is improperly used to signify any loose and spontaneous expression of popular homage to the hero of the hour and place. I had an ovation, the actor man said, but I thought it uncommonly queer that people and critics by him had been led by the ear. The Latin lexicon makes his absurd assertion as plain as a peg. In ovum we find the true root of the word. It means egg. By Dudley Spink Overeat, verb To dine Hail, gastronome, apostle of excess, Well skilled to overeat without distress. Thy great invention, the unfatal feast, Shows man's superiority to beast. By John Boop Overwork, noun. A dangerous disorder affecting high public functionaries who want to go fishing. O, verb. To have, and to hold, a debt. The word formally signified not indebtedness, but possession. It meant own, and in the minds of debtors there is still a great deal of confusion between assets and liabilities. Oyster, noun. A slimy globby shellfish which civilization gives men the hardihood to eat without removing its entrails. The shells are sometimes given to the poor. End of the letters N and O Read by Gesine in Valletta, March 2006